You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and we continue to get through our week. And this time, it's joining me, Dean and Josh, you know, the fellas. We're going to talk about all things Steelers, of course. We got to dip into some things about Najee Harris, but also we got a topic bag question about the tight end position and how it can be better used for the run game. And finally, we'll talk about some of the betting odds released on the AFC North. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the app Odyssey. Rate us five stars with a positive comment, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. So on Wednesdays, you know we got to get the fellas together. I've been calling us that for all of one week. Um, but the fellas are back at it. I'm Chris Carter here with D9 and Pietro of Channel 11 and Josh Axelrod of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Just chopping it up in the middle of the week, you know, getting y'all through the Steelers week. Now, rookie camp was over the weekend. So um, I gave some just initial thoughts of coming out of it. There's never a whole lot that you should take out of rookie camp. Like the people who try to look at how, you know, a player goes through one little drill and say, Ooh, look at this. And I'm like, okay, let's calm down. You know, as long as they don't get injured or as long as it's not like really bad or unless they like, they broke up, broke the sound barrier everything's really chill. We're just kind of just taking light notes here. It's not that big a deal, but what was interesting. And I talked about this on the Monday show was how captivated everyone still is with Najee Harris. Uh, I, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts when y'all, when y'all heard this, cause I was on the call when he busted up on Dale with the, with the bro, what, uh, <laughs> which I'm going to use as a meme for the sh- for the rest of this show, as long as I can um, and live and live that up. But what were you guys reaction when you see him just, comfortably making jokes with the Pittsburgh media. And it's still, he just got drafted less than a month ago. I got to tell you, I, I was producing sports for channel 11 this weekend and the, and the sound comes in on Saturday and, you know, we have three minutes for sports and I had trouble keeping it down. What I was using from Najee Harris, because it was just so good and so entertaining. And I wanted to use so much of it. It actually made it difficult because that whole sequence was amazingly funny. Um, I think he's, at first impression, he's going to be a good personality for Pittsburgh in the right way. And, you know, I, I prefer, and I think, Chris, I know you'd agree with me, guys who don't just give you the, oh, we're taking it one day at a time, one mm-hmm. game at a time, we're spending blah, 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 blah. And the, the same old boring stuff. I want someone with a personality who's going to say something entertaining. And, I mean, he, he was like, yeah, I'd catch the ball. Of course I'd catch the ball. <laughs> he was just hilarious. And, I, I mean, I think that helps uh, provide a bond for him to the fans. And, and that, that, that's a good thing. And, you know, he, he made a really good, again, first impression or first, second impression or however you want to call it with that. That man is either amazingly well media trained or he's just naturally that good or a combination of the two. And whatever it is, it's working. Because again, that clip was incredible. He's, he's been a stealer for all five minutes and he already has better sound bites than half the players on the <laughs> offense have had over the past couple of years. So like, 
if his goal was to come in and be like, I know I'm a first round running back. I know there's a lot of people who are skeptical of first round running backs. I'm going to make this city like me. He is doing an incredible job. And I, it's probably not that deep. I, I tr- it really seems like the, the, the kid's just being himself and his self just seems to be incredibly entertaining and engaging and just happens to be the kind of guy fans tend to gravitate toward, at least personality wise. So yeah, no, he just seems like a fun kid. Uh, very good person too, given all of the great stories we've heard about all of the, the good stuff he's done for both his home community and is already starting to do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it sounds I, like I see, he's doing that already here, which is fantastic to see. I mean, you want to see someone who's involved here. Exactly, exactly. And like, again, if I, I, I am not going to put words in his mouth and say he's trying to shut, shut up the haters because there have been a lot of haters. But uh, if the, I, he's doing a great job of it regardless, because if anyone wants to criticize him on the field, sure, that's fair game. But no one's going no to say that he was a bad pick from a, from a man standpoint. So no, he's good for you, Najee. Good for you. Yeah, that's and bring what on I the think. personality. Yeah, bring on guys with personality. Right. We need more of it, you know? We How... need to be entertained. And again, it's it's structured personality because everyone's Juju's got personality and that doesn't always resonate with people. And I I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. Let some losses happen and let Najee Harris be like, let you know how he actually feels about something. He'll be painted an enemy by by by, by, you know certain fans. They'll be like, oh, I hate this guy. But I'll tell you what. He seems to get the idea and the structure of a football team because. Like when, when he got asked about being a leader, it's like, are you leading people already? And he's like, I mean, I'm helping guys where I can. He's like, but I'm a rookie. You know, I'm coming into a situation. That's a guy who understands like, hey, I do want to be a leader, but it ain't my place just yet. I got to earn my respect in this locker room. I have to come in here and get everything going on with other people here. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick, as I said this on the Monday show, same environment, same head coach, Nick Saban, same Alabama program. He came in, he knew he was the man. But he don't talk like he runs the show. And that it's that kind of combination and that wherewithal that I think is huge for young players to have, to have confidence, but also respect and deference for a system as they come into it and work their way up. I mean, Nick Saban is literally like a Belichick guy. So like Alabama is basically the Patriots of college football to me. And there's an Alabama way as much as there's a Patriots way. And that way seems to be shut up and do your job, which... Najee seems to be coming in doing the latter part of that, but doing not doing the former in a very fun, again, engaging way, which again, screw the Patriots. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, I'm happy with everything that kid's done so far. And I hope he can, and I expect him, I expect him to produce on the field because he's so good. He's also so I'll, good. I'll say this much. I have only ever had one Steelers jersey in my life, and that was number 43. But I'm considering getting Whoa. a 22. Whoa. I, Whoa. I, I, I instituted a rule for myself. I'm no longer allowed to buy jerseys because every time I do, the player leaves in a year or two. It's, it's not like that. Yeah, wait, wait, <laughs> a, wait a curse things. A new, new Antonio, rule. Antonio Brown left because I got a phone case of him twerking, and he was gone in a year. Yeah, what's wrong? Hang on. You got what? Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. A lot of people were buying those. I wasn't, but I it was saw incredible. A lot of people... I was extremely happy with the purchase, and a year later, I threw it out with extreme prejudice. 
just uh, way to mess it up for everyone, Josh. He's the reason why Antonio this is Brown why we went can't crazy. Have nice things, Josh. This no. is why we can't have nice things. Yes, I'm also please. the reason Phil Kessel got traded. So sorry, Pens. What the heck is your dude. problem, dude? No, don't why, buy nothing with Sidney Crosby on it. This I is mean, why. This nothing. is why I've. This is why I've stopped buying jerseys. It's not worth it. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. We got a topic bag question that we want to get to about the tight end position. What's that question? Find out after this message from our friends at NewGenics. Hey, Steelers fans, listen up. NewGenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of NewGenics Total T, text DRAFT, that's D-R-A-F-T, to 231 231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by testestophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, She'll like it too. Again, text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here at the D9 Pietro of Channel 11 and Josh Axelrod of Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're hey, taking a topic bag hey, question. Chris. What's hey, up? Chris. Before, before we get to the topic bag. Oh, excuse me. All right. I want everyone who's listening, okay. and I mean everyone who is right. listening to this podcast, to okay. go onto our Facebook page. Okay. And I want you to come up with a name of what we should call ourselves. Okay. Not the fellas. It, it, I think it I'm, works. I'm not down with fellas. Why aren't you down with the fellas? Uh, you, you were down last week. Yeah, you seem so. You, yeah, were, you because, were making wrestling jokes. Yes, I was making wrestling jokes, and I will literally shout fellas like Seamus does every single week if we continue to be the fellas. So come up with a name for what we should call ourselves. We'll see if we can get something a little better than fellas. Yeah, no, please come up with a name so Dean doesn't do that every week. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, in, on this, I'm in on this crusade now. Every week. Please every week me. I'm doing it. Please, all every right. single week. There you have it. All our <laughs> loyal listeners, if you, first of all, if you're not part of the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, go, go join it. We're over 1,500 mm-hmm. uh, group, group, our members strong. You could join it for free. Just go search Locked On Steelers. Ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as possible. There's, there's a whole bunch of us there, including us and other people who are on the show regularly. So you can interact with us in the Facebook group. Uh, but yes, yeah, someone create a poll. Someone ask, you know, what, what's the, what should be the name for when the three of us get together? I think the fellas works but hey if you guys have a better name so that dean doesn't yell fellas every time that we're on together please do (laughs) do that and we will bring it up next week on the show with whoever wins the poll so thanks to anyone who can help us with that endeavor but let's get to the top bag question something that's football related and not dean being silly um but uh, we have a question from Diego Fernandez. And I do apologize, Diego, because you asked this before the draft. I didn't get a chance to get to it. Um, but you, this was a good question about having an extra blocker because he was asking about the tight end two. Now, of course, they drafted Pat Fryermuth. And he said, but we all knew that t- tight end two is a team need. But how much is it actually needed? Do we need a blocking tight end or do we need to address it via draft? We still have Derek Watt. 
um, who, who has played tight end in the league before. He's more so just a fullback that's, that can rotate around. I wouldn't say tight end per se. Um, he's like, could we use him more since he hasn't been used as a fullback or even use an extra offensive line to do the blocking, John? Cheers from Finland. First of all, Diego, thank you so much for your top mm-hmm. of that question again. Sorry it took so long to get there. But I do think that there is some schematic use of getting back to using more double tight end formations. And the Steelers just, they didn't have the guys to block last year. You know, Eric Ebron, not a primary blocker. Vance McDonald was on his last legs. I mean, there was a play where I was actually studying a couple days ago, just looking at some of the blocking schemes the Steelers used. And it was a play where both of them lined up next to each other. Ebron gets blown up. McDonald doesn't even look for his guys, but somehow it doesn't even like block anybody, but somehow James Conner got six yards in the play. And, you have to think that with the Steelers saying they're going to commit to the running game and how they're going to do more here and do more there, that something is coming with, with maybe getting Fryermuth to be like, hey, you know, Ebron is who he is. He's several years into his career, but you, you are going to learn how to block and be that guy on the edge. And I think that could be a good tone setter for where the Steelers are going. Absolutely. I mean, that was part of – there was a general – I don't think I'm out of turn in saying a surprise among Stiller Nation when they selected a tight end in the second round. I was surprised that that's what they went with in the second round. But then when I looked more at it and more about what he is and who he is, and he's a physical player and he's a blocking guy who can also catch the ball, yeah, that's a commitment to the run. You need more blocking. You need better blocking up front. And if you have an offensive line that's also young, the rest of it's young too, it doesn't hurt to, to invest in that position in that way. And Abram won't be around forever. You've still got a guy who can catch the ball too. So overall, I'm, I'm optimistic about this pick and what it means for the running game and for the tight end position for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ebron is a pass catcher way before he's a blocker. Or yes, very any- much so. Any other skill of that nature. Like Ebron's really good. He's honestly one of my, speaking of outspoken Steelers, He's one of my favorite free agent signings in recent memory, just because I think, I think he's a genuinely like good piece. And also he's a lot of fun, like on social media, but I think the Firemouth pick, it, it was, it was certainly unexpected given that the Steelers at one could argue might've had more pressing needs at the time uh, in the second round than backup tight end, but also D- Dean's right. I hesitate to say that, but Dean's right. And <laughs> oh, we the- got something here. In the sense that right. um, he, he's going to help in the running game too. Because even if, you, if you're not going to pick an offensive lineman there, at least pick a blocking tight end who can actually help Najee do his thing. And I believe from everything I keep hearing about Najee that his best skill anyway is making something out of nothing. Like he's just really good when plays blow up and he has to improvise. And hey, get give give that man all the help he can get. We we got the center in Kendrick Kendrick Green, and now we've got now we have a tight end who can actually help him uh, be the best he can be as well. And the only honestly, the only thing I dislike about the pick is now I have to root for another Penn State guy. But you know, if if the, if that's the worst of it, I think we can handle it. Well, an, another thing to, to to put in here. Now, I, I wrote on I wrote a whole Carter's classroom piece on uh, wide zone blocking concepts and how zone blocking can work for the Steelers, especially with some of the picks that they've added this year. Uh, and I've focused on Kendrick Green, Najee Harris, 
and uh, Dan Moore, the two offensive linemen and the running back that they added in this. But the, the tight ends also play a, a position here because in the wide, in a wide zone blocking scheme, let me break this down for you. And this, this is just a quick synopsis so that you can understand why you should go subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com and read Carter's Classroom and, and how I break things down. But a zone blocking scheme is simply when linemen, instead of saying I'm getting the linebacker and I'm getting the defensive end and I'm getting the defensive tackle, they're basically operating like this is the space that we're operating in. And okay, if they're aligned this way, we attack the space in this in this manner and we double team this guy and chip to this guy. So it's more about assigning space, very similar to how defenses assign. You say, hey, you're going to guard this space, this area. And, and it's that kind of way. And a wide zone blocking concept means you're trying to get the running back to more time to head out towards the tackle, towards the tight end, and then pick the hole that you want to go in. Normally with zone concepts, you do much better when you have a back that has elite vision like Najee Harris did for Alabama. And if you have tight ends who can at least, you don't need to crush people, but if you can just seal a guy one way, that allows for the running back when, when he sees that, okay, this is what's going on here and they're sealing this way, I'm going to go that way. That's what all the Steelers really need out of these guys. So Fryermuth was never really, one thing I, I, I think it's unfair to Fryermuth about, because I, I wrote about this in Carter's classroom weeks ago, um, but he wasn't asked to block a whole lot because he was the majority of their offense at Penn state. They just threw the ball to him a whole ton. So because he wasn't asked to do a whole lot, it's, it's a little unfair to say he can't block. He's just hasn't done it a whole lot. Um, if he embraces the role and takes it on and becomes a serious block and tight end, it sets the Steelers up with a lot of interesting things they can do out on the edge, especially with those wide zone blocking schemes that we're talking about. Maybe Matt Canada makes a bigger part of the Steelers offense. You had me at Dean's right. That was like ten minutes ago. That was it's been a it's been a while, Dean. He just so all you've just been hearing is blah blah blah. Josh said I'm right. Blah blah blah. Josh said I'm right. Words for his words. Hear Charlie Brown parents noise. Dean's right. That's all that. Gosh. Okay. Since Dean doesn't want to respond to that, Josh, any further thoughts on the tight end situation? Uh, I mean, my only real thoughts are that. I, again, I enjoy Eric Ebron and I think he's very good, but he needs to stop dropping balls. And I think that if he does, I'm glad that we have a guy behind him who, I mean, I know he hates the baby Gronk name, but I, and I, 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 I would never put a ceiling that, that high on anyone. Like those are unfair expectations, but we have a guy behind him who's got a nice pedigree and can theoretically step in if Ebron loses the ability to catch balls again. So I, I think it was a good pick for depth. It was a good pick for run blocking. And again, boo Nittany Lions, but go Pat Farmer. <laughs> there you have it right there. Dean just still keeps hearing that he's right. So we're not <laughs> going to go back to him on this topic. Hallelujah. Oh, we're good. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to get to some betting odds that were, that were released a little bit ago on the AFC North. What were those odds and who gets favored? Find out after this message from betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 
50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N, Locked On, all capital letters and all one word. And that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy, and also... Don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with D9 Pietro and Josh Axelrod, continuing our show here. We're going to round it out with some thoughts on some AFC North Division winner odds that were released by DraftKings Sportsbook back a couple weeks ago. I never really got to talk about these. I normally don't get into betting odds, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about this because there's more hype about uh about the you know division talk as you go into these things and people get to see their rookies like the ravens are really excited about rashad bateman and how they feel like he's finally the receiver that is actually going to play well for the ravens and you know the steelers are, are are excited about Najee harris and all the guys that we've been talking about but it's been interesting to see the betting odds that have been released now these odds you know again these are super early things can change as people get hurt in training camp and you know how things look as the year goes on but the early odds that the ravens are the most favored team to win this division with the odds of a plus 110 um the browns are a plus 170 the steelers a plus 360 and a bengals a plus 2500 and for those who don't understand this means if you bet a hundred dollars that's how much money you get so the lower the number means the, the higher chance that Vegas sees that you're that, that this, this, this is going to happen. So the, the, they basically, they favor the Ravens at 110. They favor the Browns at 170. And then they favor the Steelers at 360. When they say the Bengals are 2,500, that means basically they say they have no chance, but it's also saying that they think that the Ravens are three times more likely to win the division than the Steelers. And that the Browns are almost two times as, as much likely to win the division than the Steelers as well. So what are you guys' reactions to just how we continue to see these predictions that the Steelers are just that far behind the rest of the division, even though they just won it? My main reaction is that I promise that neither Baker Mayfield nor Lamar Jackson are three times better than 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. Dang. Like, they just extremely are not. Ben, I, I, really, again, when it when it comes down to it, we talked about how we think these teams are pretty even on paper 
And I think the difference in the minds of a lot of analysts and I guess DraftKings too is the quarterbacks because I can't fathom what else the other, the, the other differences between these teams are because they're all pretty similar on paper. So like, if that's what it is, pretty sure old ass Big Ben won 12 games last year. And I'm fairly certain that that was more than either Mayfield or Lamar. And I'm fairly certain that there were times where neither Mayfield nor Lamar looked like they were particularly good last year. And I mean, they get credit for winning playoff games. Like I don't want to take it away from them. I just don't understand. I don't understand the uh, percentages here, I guess. It it just, we, it just doesn't make sense to think the Steelers have that small a a chance, especially because the AFC North in general, just has really hard schedules. Like, for the most part, with the exception of a couple of teams, like they're playing the same teams we are. And there are lots of really good teams in that mix. I do not see as wide a chasm between those two teams and the Steelers as apparently 90% of the world outside of Pittsburgh does, but whatever, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Plus 360, take that bet. Yeah. That uh, is a bet a worth taking. Those are, yeah. those are great actual I mean, gambling odds. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, everyone knows how I feel about Lamar Jackson. He's overrated. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's great. What they've got their receiver for for the future, right? So what are they doing? Are they changing their identity mm. from being mostly a running team? Good are they going to try to change who they are and what's made them successful? That can cost you a couple games. The Browns, they're kind of full of themselves right now. They're thinking they're something. And they're going to find out that once you get hired up to the top, it's harder to stay there. Honest to God, statistically speaking, Joe Burrow could end up with the best statistical year of all four quarterbacks in the AFC North and the Bengals still finish in in last place. <laughs> they just, they that, spread him out. That could happen. Yeah. That could actually happen. And I, and I think right now, of the, today, not all times, so don't get yourself in a tizzy, Stellar Nation, Joe Burrow might be the best quarterback in the division right now but what you know the Steelers also changing their identity but for the good you know they you can't throw 60 times a game and and win not with Ben Roethlisberger at the age that he is you can't do it so they're retooling in the right way the one thing that concerns me is the schedule and that gauntlet in the last four games but that's it looks like a gauntlet right now so we'll see how things are, you know, 13, 14 weeks into the season. Maybe it won't be so hard. Maybe there will be injuries. The Steelers could have injuries. Who knows? So, but on the surface, if you've got six of the first eight games at home or something like that, I mean, you better, you better come out of the gate strong for this division again. You better start strong. But if you take care of business in the division, I think you're in good shape because the Steelers had the hardest schedule. The Ravens are second. I believe the Bengals and Browns are sixth and ninth, and I forget which one is which. I think the Bengals have the sixth hardest schedule, and the Browns have the ninth. Nice. So it's not nice. like you can just look at the Steelers' nice. schedule and say, "Yeah, it is very nice." Um, <laughs> say, "Oh my God, the Steelers have the hardest schedule." Well, the Ravens are right there, and so are the Browns and the Bengals. So nothing to worry about there. Um, but yeah, I, the Ravens, I see them changing their identity, and the Browns, I see them falling off a little bit. So I would take that plus three sixty. Something to also remember are the players that are getting lost here. Like, for example, the Ravens lost Matt Judon, Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, they traded away Orlando Brown. 
um, those are all big names and they don't exactly have guys break. And it's so funny because all we've heard is how the Ravens offensive line is so great. And they traded away one of their best players and then picked up one of the Steelers worst offensive linemen. <laughs> and now all of a sudden their offensive line is supposed to do so much better. And it's like, well, wait a second, which one is it? Is it that the Steelers had a really bad offensive line last year and Alejandro Villanueva wasn't getting it done? Or is it that he's really great now and he's going to join the Ravens? I, I I don't know which one it is. And then, you know, people talk about, well, the Ravens, they they lost, uh, or the Steelers, they lost Bud Dupree. They're not going to have a pass rush. Meanwhile, they have the best edge rusher in football in TJ Watt. Meanwhile, the Browns or the the Ravens did lose their best edge rusher in, in Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe, another guy that they, you know, that they, that they brought in. He's 26 years old. And they don't exactly have replacements for those guys. You know, Tyus Bowser, I, I don't know if he if he's going to actually step up and actually be the person they drafted him to be. You know, they lost their center, Matt Skura. There's, there, there's quite a few things there that I'm like, I don't understand how the Ravens aren't being looked at like, okay, why don't, why, why are they just being favored just to win when they didn't win the division? In fact, they, they got swept by the Steelers last year. Um, it's the name of, it's the name of Lamar Jackson. That's what it is. It's the perception of what yeah. Lamar Jackson is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they're, do, they're doing it based on. It's nothing more than that. And that's absolutely, you know, people who take that battle find out it's ridiculous when they lose their money. I would also say that I think people who are underestimating the Steelers based on their performance last year are discounting just how bad Randy Fickner was at his job a lot of the time, especially down the stretch. I mean, Matt Canada is a little bit more of an unknown property just in terms of what he'll be like as a full-time offensive coordinator, but I can almost guarantee that anyone out there that he'll be better than Randy Fickner was. So like if we're trying to measure the Steelers based on last year's performance, I don't think that's fair given that the offense is going to look different and, I'd like to believe they understand Ben's limitations now and they know how to better use him and all of the awesome skill players that they have around him now. So, I mean, this, and, and, and the defense did not get that much weaker. They lost a couple key pieces, but they, they still, they brought back Alu Alu and Vince Williams, the, the core of Hayward and Fitzpatrick and all of them are still there. Yeah. The, the national media needs to like, have a have a Snickers. They they look hungry. Really do. <laughs> and the other thing that they're looking at the offensive line. You were talking, Chris, about Villanueva, and and even people here in Pittsburgh to agree. Oh, the offensive line is going to be worse because Pouncey and Villanueva are gone. Guys, you did not lose 2012 Marquise Pouncey. Right. You lost 2020 Marquise Pouncey. You didn't lose 2018 Alejandro Villanueva. You lost 2020 Villanueva. You lost guys who weren't very good last year, and now you have guys replacing them that are younger. Guess what? Maybe, just maybe, that offensive line is going to be better than last year. I think it's very, it's it's a it's a real possibility, especially with all the young faces on it. And again, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, is emphasizing they're changing the way that they do things. And one thing that you talk to veterans and guys who study the game, it is easier to teach young offensive linemen to run block than to pass block. Um, and that's something that both Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. were very good at in their college days. It's certainly something to keep a watch on. And again, if the Steelers, if their defense can just 
hold the line and just be as good as they were last year, be, you know, be a top five defense, even if that's literally the fifth best defense in the NFL. And then you get a real ground game to combine with the passing attack you saw last year. And Ben doesn't get hurt. You're looking at a serious contender here. I just, I don't see this notion where the Steelers are just this team that is three times less likely than the Ravens to win the AFC North. And Hey, if you're saying that the Ravens are going to win it, it's going to be close. I get it. You know, Lamar Jackson is a serious threat. And I know that Dean, you know, makes his running back jokes about him, but you know, it's, it's still, he's still, uh, the, he's the biggest reason they win games. You take Lamar Jackson off that team. They, they go nowhere. They don't have any, they don't have anything. They, you know, JK Dobbins is there, but the majority of his success was based off of everyone looking at Lamar. Uh, they don't have any real receiving threats. Their defense is, eh, uh, you know, outside of their, their corners, um, especially now with, with Judon gone. So Lamar Jackson carries that the Ravens a long way. Um, and then with the Browns, you know, again, I, I say this a lot. I want to see what it's like when you got the, when you know, you got a target on your back. It's different when no one's expecting you coming. It's, it's much easier for a team to be an upstart than it is for them to be the hunted. And, you know, Dean, you were talking that earlier. If the Browns, now that everyone knows who you are, if everyone's coming after you, how do you respond in those moments? Because the Steelers deal with that every, every single week. Teams are like, we got to beat that team because the Steelers are they're the six-time Super Bowl champions. They got the huge fan base. They got Ben Roethlisberger. They got the defense. They got We, we got to take these guys seriously. The Browns haven't been that since the 60s. So, Not only that, but the Steelers have the best group of locked-on podcast members. Woo! Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. And with that, we are going to end today's show. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Um, Dean, please let me know we can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. I am Dean16 on Twitter. I hang out in the uh, and reply to things in the Facebook group. And once again, a reminder, please give us your suggestions on what this show should be called. We welcome <laughs> all suggestions. Absolutely. Josh, same for you. Uh, I also event occasionally hang out in the group and I will, I will respond if you at me, you can find me on Twitter at Jaxelberg with an H and you can find my work at uh And I got, I got some cool stuff coming out this week. So keep an eye out. Very cool. Very cool. Do check out his work and check out my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. I'm, I'm a Steelers analyst and writer for DKPittsburghSports.com. You can subscribe there any point in time. Check us out. We cover the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins with all the Penguin stuff that's happening when they're in the playoffs. You want all the best coverage. You can get Dave Molinari, Hall of Fame hockey writer right there along with, with Taylor Haas. They'll be, go, they'll be going all the way to the wall. And of course, Dan Kovacevic giving you their hockey takes. And of course, you can read my work on the University of Pittsburgh's football and basketball teams right on dkpittsburghsports.com. But thanks again for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the app Odyssey. We thank you for all those who do subscribe. And hey, if you're subscribed and you want to help us out, give us a five-star rating with a positive comment. When you do so both at the same time, it really helps out the show. And we get you a shout out right here on the program because that's how much we truly value it when you make sure that your voices are heard and spreading the word that, hey, Locked On Steelers, they do some pretty good work out there. So thanks to, thanks again to all the people who do that. And, hey, and again, that stuff really goes a long way. It helps us in the rankings. It helps you know, people get out the word of what's going on there. So we appreciate you guys. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We got, a, we got a special guest coming up tomorrow. I'm going to be talking, since the Steelers, with, the, with their draft picks, I'm going to be talking to the host of the Locked On Texas A&M show podcast, 
Cole Thompson. We're going to talk to him about about uh, about Dan Moore Jr. and Buddy Johnson, the two Steelers, uh, two Steelers draft picks from the Aggies that were back to back. Listen to that interview right here tomorrow on the Locked On Steelers podcast.